right. Welcome back. We have 20 minutes on the clock and we're going to see where it goes talking about how home birth looks and feels and contrast it with what we know and have experienced with hospital birth. Yeah. Go for it. Episode three. Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind is, I mean, and this is from getting to know you and so many people like you and even attending home births myself, that it's a completely different world. <laughs> you don't have to fight for every little thing in the home environment, which I think is really, um, it is very important for a lot of people. So, you know, vaccines are a big thing right now for all of the reasons. <laughs> and yeah. um, that's one example, you know, so I've, I've attended births in the hospital where, you, you know, you actually get into an argument with the pediatrician because the family doesn't want to have a hepatitis B vaccine be something that happens within the 24 hours after birth. And it's like, why on earth does a baby need a hepatitis B vaccine? I mean, really? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So, you know, the family doesn't do it. I argue on their behalf. And then somebody calls Child Protective Services. And we're in like this little gamble, right, with a person being coerced into doing things that they don't see as reasonable and I don't see as reasonable. But I mean, I, I, when I was in um, residency, I remember as an intern, I got called into the principal's office because a patient had asked like, should the baby get this hepatitis B vaccine? And I was like, you know what, of all the vaccines, that's probably one that you don't need to get right now. You know? <laughs> and I said it in just that casual of a way, but I remember the attending was furious with me. And of course I'm just an intern, just got my MD, I'm just doing what sounds right, what seems right. And reading the literature, it's a pretty darn low risk that a baby's going to contract hepatitis B from a mom who's clearly not hepatitis B positive. But I mean, you know, that's just one tiny little thing. I mean, you've chosen to have a whole bunch of home births and there's good reason for that. So in your experience in the hospital, obviously <laughs> it must have not been the best one or not really been what you had idealized birth to be. So why don't you talk about that? How did you decide to just flip over to the, to the dark side, Marin? <laughs> yeah. First, how dare you have an opinion about something? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's too much. Yeah. People should go where they feel safest. I think we both agree on that, but mm -hmm. there's not a lot of transparency often around what choosing either model might mean, like you're saying, you know, it's like, Oh, I feel safest having a baby in the hospital. And I know what a birth plan is, and I'm going to have it all written out. But people aren't prepared for, like you kind of illustrated this, like, defensiveness that mm -hmm. you might need. And so that's what I recall from our first birth, which was in the hospital. We were fairly educated, not super educated, but I kind of had that list, right, of the things I didn't want. Right. I also had a doula because I was wise enough to realize I needed defenses. So I think that's almost the simplest way of explaining it. Um, it's not that birth always will look that different, but do you want to be on the defense? Do you want your husband or partner to have to be on the defense? Or at home, the model is that you're the queen, you're in charge. You have somebody there looking out for you if that's what you want in all of the ways, but they're your choices to make. So, you know. Yeah, it, it is important. I mean, this kind of goes back even to our conversation around like doctor, you know, the different types of midwives. There's not like a right way to do this. Um, what I think we're lacking in the space is 
it's not just like trusting birth. It's, it's being empowered to make decisions for yourself. I mean, you're the one going through this and for anybody to say, Hey, to go to hospital, to the hospital is like shameful. Like that's also not helpful guys. <laughs> it's right. not helpful for us to be saying that there's a, there's a right way to be, for this to be done. Now, if you're a person who, um, let's say has had like four C-sections or something like that, and you have, you've had a whole bunch of bad things happen in your life and you've got all these medical issues for somebody to say, Hey, it might be reasonable for you to go to the hospital. Like there's, there's some good information there. There's good insight from your care provider, but at the end of the day, it is still your choice. And if you don't feel safe in the hospital, we know that the physiology of birth is going to change if you're not feeling comfortable with that decision. In, in other words, telling somebody to pay taxes and then threatening them to pay taxes, right? Is, is two very different things. If somebody says, I absolutely want to pay these taxes versus you saying, I'm going to put you in a cage if you don't pay taxes. That's not really like, it's not really um, comparable, right? And, and maybe that's not like a super fair metaphor, but it's, you know, using coercion to get somebody to go along with something has deep seated implications. And if you're coercing somebody, you, you know, to, to go to the hospital to have a C-section, it, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising, you know, whenever a patient feels as if they've, you know, some sort of emotional challenge in that decision-making process. And and that's what I think we need to steer away from. We really need to, to think about number one, where is it? Number one, where, where is, where is it best to have a baby for this person given these particular circumstances? And then we can counsel, we can talk, we can advise and do all that stuff. But when they've then made a, a decision, it's our job to support that. And, that's the thing that's most frustrating for me is that is that it's just this binary thing of right and wrong. Like it's wrong to have a baby at home. It's right to have it in the hospital. And that's just simply not true. And we all know that. We all know that when we've attended a birth and we see this flurry of stuff have to happen afterwards, even me and my own wife having had Penny, mm. it's like, what is all this commotion? Now, fortunately, you're able to advocate, but you have to like, like you said, you have to sort of argue every step of the way to have this sort of peaceful experience because birth doesn't have to be this like train wreck, but we treat it as if there's a train wreck on the horizon at every moment. Totally. It, the advantage of being at home is that you you are in control and you don't have to argue for all those things, but you can also ask for those things if you do need some extra support. And yeah. so in that case, it's not, it's not surprising that so many women want to have a home birth. I mean, it sounds like a beautiful process. Mm, so many good conversations there. I feel like my brain is going in a million directions. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the power dynamic conversation too. I mean, that's how more medicalized birth is set up. Right. And maybe to complicate the conversation, this is also a model in midwifery care. So we're talking kind of, I mean, not black and white, but we're, you know, hospital ver hospital birth versus home birth. But also home birth has its own variations of control and forced decision-making and not as beautiful as you might imagine. So I don't know that that's really the road we wanted to go down, but I think in our world, that's something that women are often confused by. They choose a midwife. They think, Oh, this is going to be, you know, the birth pool and candles and all of that. And it turns out to be a forced experience in one way or another. Uh, maybe they're forced to induce because, you know, they're past their dates. Um, maybe regulations have it that they can only 
push for so many hours or be in labor for so many hours or whatever it is. And it suddenly isn't the beautiful experience. So there's a lot to say there, you know, just choosing whoever, whatever care provider with a feeling of, yes, this is my experience. I would like support. I would like their knowledge, but I'm not going to bow down to them. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. not willing to, to, you know, put them on a pedestal to make my choices. I really think there's a more equal way of doing that where knowledge and experience can be respected, but also, you know, someone's ultimate wishes for how they want their experience to be. And that is messy sometimes, you know, it's not just like you write it down on paper and that's what you get. Like you have to have trust in the person that you hire. Um, There's so many things I think that create this ideal home birth or this ideal hospital birth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, one little anecdote that always comes to mind, and I, I may have even brought this up in our conversation before, but there was an attending who, um, gosh, I may have even mentioned it in one of our previous podcast recordings, but the um, there was an attending who, the birth plan thing, it just kind of rattled this from my memory. This one attending had said, you know, it's amazing that people come into a hospital to give birth with a plan in their hand, as if like walking onto an airplane, you would hand the pilot a flight, you know, a flight plan or path or whatever they call it. And like, that is such a bonkers metaphor. Like it doesn't even like, like that illustrates just how far we move. We are removed in the hospital system from what this experience really is. Like as if the experience of the person really matters, like, of course it matters. Of course it matters. And, and to, and to think that you were the captain of the ship implies that it's your job to guarantee the good outcome that you and I always talk about is like this illusory good outcome that everybody's talking about. Like, well, what is a good outcome to any particular person in this plan, this flight plan that you're, that you're making fun of is not a plan so much as a, a list of, of like hopes for how this experience could look given the circumstances of being in a very weird, sterile environment with a bunch of strangers who are looking at you in all of your naked glory on a bed on your back with your arms, your legs above your head, as you're trying to, to, you know, see this medical procedure through, like, that's really what you're saying is don't tell me how to do surgery. Well, it's not surgery. Like this is not, you have no role here. You're here to make sure that this person gets through this safely, perhaps, but even that word safe, I have a hard time with because it's not really your job. It's just your job to help, Right. to help to provide some sort of guidance whenever that guidance is is there. And so to contrast that with the home birth experience, like, yeah, if you wanted to have a home birth, you don't have to actually argue for the fact that you want to have an experience that's memorable. It could be scary. It could be not what you doctor want, but it's what I want. And to not yeah. have to argue that is a pretty darn easy thing to understand for, for why people are afraid to go to the hospital to give birth. Right. But you're an oddball. I mean, let's be real. You're I am an oddball, a total oddball. And I, I've, I've totally, you know, had women who needed to go to the hospital and witnessed the being laughed at the birth plan. And I right. myself, you know, when I was going into our second birth, which was, uh, was supposed to be at the hospital until the last month, and then we changed our plans to a home birth. Um, I've told this story too. That's how mm-hmm. we changed our plan. I was sitting there working on our birth plan with our doula, and it was it was laughable in a sense because you can't really 
get the essence of what you want on paper. I mean, you can try, but if you think about it, the perspective is really kind of negative, isn't it? It's like, I don't want this. I don't want that. Don't do this to me. Don't do that to me. And my doula was the one to just be honest and point out that if that's where I was at, if I had like a 10 page birth Mm -hmm. plan, it wasn't Mm -hmm. 10, but you know, um, maybe that's a, an indication to rethink things. So I think what you said is definitely true. And I agree. But I think on the on the woman's side, um, if women are really already on the defensive, and their birth plan is this long, and, and they're afraid of this happening, or that happening, and oh, my God, you stay with the baby if this happens, is that the energy you want to go into your birth with? So it's actually something to be grateful for in a sense, like, oh, man, if that's me, if I'm feeling that way, mm-hmm. um, why don't I like, just rethink this here? You know, what mm-hmm. are my other options? Because I don't expect the system to change overnight, like you're an oddball, but there aren't a whole lot of oddballs yeah. there that are suddenly going to be like, oh, yes, let's read your birth plan. You know, I mean, I know they exist, but on a general scale. Well, you're you're right. And I think that there's so much conditioning here that's at play, right, with the way that birth is perceived. I mean, let, let's, let's put birth aside. Let's look at death, right? Because that's my other thing that I do. When a person dies, what's the first thing we think about? We have to get rid of the dead body. Like, mm. in what world is that like the next best step to get rid of your mom's body? Mm. You know, I mean, there's a you know in anthroposophy and, and a lot of other spiritual and cultural practices even present day you sit with the dead body and you be with that person's vessel the spirit has moved on but you are there cleaning you're caring for you're tending to this living organism which has you know the life force has left but we have this vessel and we're going to care for it and but, but instead, what we do is we call them the, the mortician, right? We call them more, we, we get all of our funeral stuff in order, we get that body closed up in a dark bag that's opaque to light. We ship it off to some cold cellar somewhere. Mm. And, and then later, we bury it in a lead-lined concrete tomb so that it can't even be reabsorbed into the soil. I mean, so take that, and now let's look at birth, right? So there's this flurry of activity around death. Like, we can't be around a dead body. Heaven forbid there's a dead person there. Mm. I don't find it as uncomfortable, but I guess, I get, again, I guess I'm an oddball. The, the other side of this is on, on the, the side of birth, a baby comes out. The baby gets swept away to a warmer because, of, heaven forbid, the baby doesn't have a a NICU staff there to make sure it takes a breath. Cause you know, what did we do before the NICU staff? They dry the baby off. The baby's grunting or whatever. They sweep the baby off to some ICU for an indefinite amount of time. And, and yes, like there is good reasons for us to have NICUs, but for us to be treating every single birth as if there's some catastrophe on the horizon, um, kind of reflects the same thing we feel about death. Like we need this to be a tidy process. So the, the woman is going to, give birth, we're going to change the sheets, clean her up, wrap her up, cover that horrible, disgusting vulva and, and that gross fluid everywhere and get that baby clean. We don't want all that gooey vernix and the, and the, the blood on its hair. Like, forget that. Let's bathe the baby. Let's clean the baby. Let's wrap the baby up. Let's even cover it with a cap so it doesn't look like its head's misshapen because heaven forbid it had to come through like a little tiny passage, right? And, and we don't get to see the beauty of like the molding and all of that, you know? So let's wrap it all up, let's tidy it up, and then let's leave them in there and just pray nothing bad happens. <laughs> like like as if 
I don't know. I mean, I, I know I'm saying a lot here, but that is such a, a similar situation that I see in death. And instead of us just sitting back and pausing and relishing in the fact that, like, oh my God, a baby just came in or a person just went out, instead, there's this flurry of activity. Because otherwise, like, if we don't sit, if we do sit in that, that moment of glory, we're forced to reconcile like our mortality. It's like clear as day that we're afraid as hell that we have to actually die someday.、Mm-hmm. Um, And the birth process, I think, is, is super close to the death process. Like, it's, it's just so gritty and it's so human that, heaven forbid, we actually feel something, right? And we're not anesthetized to the whole human experience. But that's really what we see in both of these times. And the beauty of, I think, the home birth process is yeah, you're right. If you have a 10 page, 10 page document saying all the things you don't want, perhaps that flurry of energy is not for you. Maybe that actually is best, you know. Uh, the, the birth is best, best done at home, especially if you're one of those patients who has nothing to worry about. Now, if you've got like preeclampsia and you've got, I don't know, a whole bunch of other medical problems, maybe you won't feel as safe as at home because you know that there's consequences. But again, this is like, this needs to be a conversation. We, we, we need to like undo the conditioning that、yeah. every birth has to happen in a hospital. And, and I will say, even though I'm an oddball, there are people that reach out every day that are like, bro,、totally. thank you for saying this stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe that. And as I've shared, you know, my last birth was attended by somebody like you. And I didn't have a plan and I didn't even utter a word. I just did my thing and they respected it. And, you know, that was really humbling and had a lot of great lessons.、Um, but to get back to what you were saying, I think on the spiritual end of things, and it's not even highly spiritual, it's just sort of fact, I think. That death and birth, you know, open up this portal or、mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use.、Mm-hmm. And that's the energy that people are repelled by because, you know, it's not familiar to us in our daily life. So I think that also goes again, you know, I turn it back on the birthing women, not because I'm trying to be annoying or offend anyone, but because I've been there so many times myself and I don't want to blame the system. I don't want to blame doctors. I have always wanted to take responsibility for the hard parts. And I think birthing at home does require women to get real with that portal、um, before they get there and look at what they're afraid of and consider the things like the possibility of death. And, you know, again, a generality, but I think often women are planning hospital births.、Mm-hmm. There's、mm-hmm. this idea of like, oh, well, I mean, nothing's going to happen to me. I trust my doctor and I'm healthy. And you know what? Birth works. So, well,、right. 98% <laughs> of the time,、right. um, it is fine. But is it to the doctor's credit? No, it's to our credit as. As women and humans to birth babies.、Uh, right. And at home, you know, it's just like these conversations have to come out because hopefully, I always say, you know, I'm not there to save anyone.、Um, that's not my role.、Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you have to be saved, either go to someone where、that's、you、right. feel like you can get that relationship、right. or do the hard work so you don't need saving. You know, it's,、right. it's complex in that way. Right. And I mean, you and I have talked about this many, many times. It's a very unpopular opinion, but some babies are not going to make it through labor. And for us to save that baby is,、uh, oh, this is really, really challenging for a lot of people. But, you know, for the 95 year old who gets really bad pneumonia, we say, hey, you gotta, we got to put you on a ventilator. Otherwise, you're going to die. They used to say pneumonia. They still, I still say pneumonia is an old man's best friend. Like my grandfather was 100 and he got, got pneumonia and he died. And he was like probably thanking everyone. Every piece of his spiritual person or the, the spiritual world for allowing that to happen. Well, 
in the case of a baby that isn't suitable for labor, sometimes this is just the way things work in nature. And I'm not saying we shouldn't try to save women and babies. I'm not saying we should watch the maternal mortality rates go up or anything like that. What I am saying is that if you are going into the process thinking that this is something you have to be saved from, to sort of echo what you're saying, then perhaps you do need to go into the hierarchical hospital system that treats this like a pathology. If not, and you want to do that hard work at home, I think that there's a lot of people that will go go and do this at home. And, and Marin, I would even conjecture to say that for you, in, in, in some regards, I think you would probably still choose to have a home birth, even if you thought something bad might happen, because that's that's your work. It just seems to me like that. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I didn't choose that last time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it is a very unique and complicated discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, there certainly are women that will choose home birth sort of at all costs. And, you know, sometimes it's just logistical. If you're out in the middle of nowhere, that might be what mm-hmm. you're going to do. And there mm-hmm. really are people, and I know, I definitely know people um, that have said, whatever happens, happens, you know, yeah. I'm not willing to go there. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if- I, I, and I, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, no, you're about to say the final comment. I will also add that my wife and I had a hospital birth and we probably will have a second hospital birth with the second kiddo coming. And that's because we do feel like it's safer, whatever that means. So this is not me again. Like I am a hospital guy. Um, I also think that the vast majority of women who want to have home births are probably going to do better at home because there's some other something that is captivating to them about that experience. And I do support them in doing that. So, yep. It's all about choice. Totally. All right. Our 20 minutes is up. All right. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 